0: I wasn't sure if you're going to do it or not. All right.
1: Hello.
0: And welcome. welcome
1: to another episode of Saturday Saturday the 14th. 14th. I forgot how we did that whole intro. (laughs) That's just an upfront indication of how we're doing.
0: (laughs) We are, it's really not as easy to do this without being able to like look in each other's eyes and know who's talking when.
1: Dude, there's so much direct eye contact when we are recording in person.
0: We just stare at each other the entire time. We do. It's, I miss it. I miss looking into your eyes. I miss your cat harassing me the entire time we're trying to record. I also yes. like how like, I said I miss you, and you said you miss my cat. So <laughs> feeling the love You here. know I miss you too. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, how are you doing in uh, 2020, quarantine life? Uh,
1: you know, we're just <laughs> just getting through it.
0: Doing I've been stuff. watching so much TV uh i'm almost done with lock and key i think we're on the last episode that's really good that's based on started it yet uh joe hill uh i think also written with stephen king um graphic novel i'm pretty sure they wrote it together oh god i don't know um (laughs) something like that but it's it's good i thought it took place in maine because i was like you know maine Stephen Seems King, But it's actually they mixed it up. It's in Massachusetts. One of the characters hey! lives in Boston. Oh, look at that. He's a minor character, but still. Yeah. Well, that's fun.
1: I like that I like that the Kings are very the slash Hills are very uh New Englandy.
0: Yes. And then there's a show that I found on I think it's Stars, but it might be HBO. Which one has uh the um the His Dark Materials podcast or podcast? Oh god, the His Dark Materials TV show? Um, that's about- hbo yeah HBO. okay then the show that i'm looking at is also on hbo because they were next to each other on amazon and Ooh. it's called folklore and it looks really good it's about like asian spirits
1: Ooh, interesting an anthology
0: series i'm super into it so i want to watch that how about you mags what are you up to any fun spooky media consumption
1: what have i been watching i watched creep show for the first time ever on friday night and how because- was it uh, it's really good. <laughs> Honestly, it's a really good movie. Um, Tim's older brother really, really likes it, and neither Tim or I had ever seen it. And so we like got on FaceTime with his brother and uh we watched it and drank a couple beers and it was a ton of fun. We had to like sync that up the, so nice. the start times. It was really, really nice. Uh it was a really good time, and it's a really cool movie. Also a Stephen King uh movie. It's we um, should direct that by... together. Yeah we should that would be really fun maybe we can watch cube together yeah that would be nice i would like that a lot i miss watching movies with you i just miss hanging I out know. with you yeah <laughs>
0: talking <laughs>
1: yeah i know we text like a hundred percent of the time
0: but still yeah but even then honestly our texting has gone down it has it's because i have just been playing the sims for all of my free time and, it's and not communicating like, with anyone else <laughs> i've lost the will to do most things that sounds really dark, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, it's hard to stay motivated when you're, like, not really going anywhere and not really doing anything.
0: Or when you're forced to watch not-so-enjoyable horror movies. Uh, Speaking yeah. of which, that's <laughs> my segue into our episode. Yeah, so this week we are talking about Brightburn. Um Which came out last year, and I was hyped for it when it came out, and I just didn't make the time to see it in theaters. And you know what? I'm kind of happy about that, sadly. It might have been more entertaining in theaters. It wasn't really that
1: thrilling on a small screen. And it just, it's one of those things where there's so much potential for a movie. And when you see the trailers, you're like, based off of what this movie is about, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. And then. But then
0: you realize there's no plot development outside of the trailer.
1: Right. You've seen all the good scenes in the trailer already and then the characters you basically know everything about them from the trailer and you don't really find out anything else about them and uh, I think I texted you that it felt like a first draft and I stand by that it It feels like
0: it it feels feels like a concept but not a movie it feels like this movie wanted to be a lot of things I like the concept of it I like the idea so much and it has such a good skeleton and I just wish it had more like meat and flesh and they like dove in a little bit more It had a lot of meat in it. Okay, yes, I realized that as I was (laughs) saying it. There's a lot of gore in this movie. Um, But that is actually kind of an example of what I mean, where it's like, okay, so at the core of this movie is about a... Basically, what happened if Clark Kent was evil instead of good? And that's such a cool concept. But then they were like, should this be like a dark and gritty superhero origin story like Logan? where that talks about like x-23 and her like origin right and that's pretty violent it shows a young kid committing violence as a superhero she's not evil but she's like defending herself you know and i thought that could have been an interesting direction yeah or is it like the omen where it's like oh this kid was born evil and always will be evil and like they have to learn how to deal with that and what is it like to have an evil thing living in your house But they don't really do that either. They don't really do that either. And then it's like, oh, is this just going to be a gory horror movie? But it's not really scary enough to be that either. No, because they
1: don't commit to any of the tension. Yeah. And you kind of always know what's going to happen. There's not really any... Because you've seen it. Because it's all in the trailers. There's no surprises in this whole movie. Yeah. Everything that you think is going to happen.
0: For me, at least. Well, I haven't seen the trailer in like a year. or two. But like I guess some of the gore was surprising. I mean, they don't show that's all the true. gore in the f- trailer and I That's true, but I feel like that should be gore. I sh-
1: I I just feel like the gore shouldn't be the only surprise. Yeah. You know, if your only difference between like what you think it's going to be and what it is is like, "Oh wow, it's way bloodier." That's like, okay, that's
0: I just anybody I can wish do that. <laughs> committed to a genre and dove into it. Yeah. And I feel like superhero, I guess we talk about like superhero movies are kind of a genre and it kind of leans into that. But I feel like superhero is more like the story, not the genre. Because if you can look at different Marvel films or different superhero films. They all have like different tones.
1: Yeah, I would say that it's more like it tends to be the main genre with other subgenres. Like you would say that like this is a horror movie and it's a supernatural horror movie. You might say that like. Um, Winter Soldier, for example, is a superhero movie, but it's also a political thriller. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of the predominant vibe. But I don't think that you can have two movies... You can, but it's hard to do two, a movie with two different predominant genres where superhero and horror are both, like, hard... Pretty I don't prominent.
0: Know. I think yeah, it could but have then, been like, done. I work, just think they the either needed to make it scary or... Lean into like I guess the conflicted side of the main character because the main I guess we can get into it. Yeah, we can just talk about the dirty details. But like if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the movie, I mean I don't like regret the hour and a half of my life that it took to watch it. I just i'm Wouldn't sad watch it again. i wanted it i think i just had such high hopes for it and if i went in I not seeing the trailer and just being like oh it's an evil superhero movie maybe i would have been happier it's just the trailer was so good oh god all the trailers were really solid but that's just because they took all the best scenes out of the movies uh, <laughs> uh anyway uh, I, um, I really hope they remake this in like 10 years but that like, would be cool yeah i could see better. that so Brightburn, anyway. as you mentioned,
1: came out in 2019. Uh, it is a supernatural or superhero horror movie. Um, and it was directed by David Yaravesky. This is his first uh, studio movie. He did a, a movie, like a zombie movie called The Hive. And he also directed, um, <laughs> I would say, the best music video I've ever seen in my life, which is the uh, Guardians Inferno video from the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Um Y'all,
0: it's so funny. Because he is like
1: long-term friends with the gun family so like he knows james gunn really well uh, apparently james gunn officiated his wedding
0: oh he also so, like, like, produced this
1: movie he did and it was written by james gunn's brothers mark and brian gunn yeah this was also produced by a guy named kenneth wong i didn't want to leave him out just because he's not a gun but he is also involved so it felt mean to mention all the other people oh yeah definitely worth
0: <laughs> um mentioning and this stars uh, Jackson A. Dunn, who was only hired because his name rhymed with gun. That's not true. I'm sure there was another reason, but He yeah. was a crazy talented 14-year-old actor. Yeah, he actually did really well. I thought he was one of the better actors in this. Elizabeth Banks, who also I thought did a really good job with what she had. I don't had. really have any complaints about any of the performances,
1: to be honest with you, because like... The dad, I know you really hated him, and I didn't really like I really him either, hated but him. Like,
0: but like he was convincing. Like He played that character realistically. He, pl- he did. I just can't see. The dad, who's played by David Dedman, I just don't see him as ever being a lovable father character. I think the I just, Roy on The Office really, he's always yeah. kind of going to be
1: Roy on The Office. I'm
0: never going to see him not as Roy on The Office. And he just didn't have any... The character didn't have any redeeming qualities. Like, can you tell me a positive thing about this character? He didn't want his 12-year-old to have a gun. He
1: didn't handle his 12-year-old wanting to have a gun that he didn't want him to have very well.
0: But also, Elizabeth Banks was like, it's fine. He can have a gun. It's okay. He did well at I school. Mean, they which is like go no! together and stuff like that. And, like, if it was kept away except for on their hunting trips or something, uh, I'd get that. I don't know. I still think if one of the parents doesn't want the child to have a gun, that means the child doesn't. Oh have yeah, a gun. yeah,
1: yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. I
0: feel like that conversation should have happened not at dinner. But anyway, yeah. it's just the idea. But okay, that is the only redeeming quality about him. He doesn't ever show that he's like caring towards anyone. He yeah. doesn't ever like.
1: I don't know. I just there's uh, uh. there's so little character development in this though that it's like I, you're right I don't that, like know. no one really
0: has that many redeeming qualities. Yeah. Caitlin um, is the it, best character in the movie. Yeah.
1: It also stars um, Matt Jones, Meredith Hagner, Steve Agee,
0: and Becky Wallström. And this was a uh, not a cheap movie to make. No, uh, not a crazy expensive one. Somewhere between six to twelve million dollars.
1: Fairly big gap. Um, but that it is a well. really made, big gap. It made thirty-two point nine million dollars at the box office, which that's not very I much get. actually. It's a lot based off of it more than doubled its highest possible budget. So, it's not a crazy yeah. amount, but it did well, you know. I mean, especially if it's a $6 million budget and it made $32 million, That's, like, pretty good for
0: a R rating. It's, it's not, like, what most horror movies do in terms of the performance in the box office. Especially, that's like, true. big budget horror movies. Like, this one, I, I don't think it, like, it wasn't a flop necessarily. Like, it made its money back, but...
1: It wasn't a hit.
0: No. Like, it wasn't, like, a no.
1: Um, okay, so, we open with... Tori and Kyle Brayer, who are a married couple who are based off of the 10 million books that the camera pans by about fertility, um, having a hard time having, conceiving
0: a child. Yep, having some struggles. They're not. Uh... <laughs> Very few things about this movie were light handed, also. No, was it was really literally funny.
1: like they're trying to have sex, and the camera is just like, How to Conceive a Child, Infertility in You, Conceiving While Infertile, and like, like all, all over the
0: bedroom. People. It's
1: like, guys, we get it. Do they own any other
0: books, or is it just just infertility books and as they're like getting ready to have sex uh they hire i think there's like a big light and a big crash outside or something like it seems like a meteor or spaceship or something like that may have crashed in the forest outside their house maybe but we don't see because then it cuts to 12 years later in 2018 well we get like a couple shots of like them now having like a baby true like and yeah it's weird but yeah it's now 2018 and uh, they have a son, and
1: his name is Brandon.
0: Brandon uh, Breyer.
1: And he wants to go hide in the barn, Um, and his parents really don't want him in the barn. They're, like, he, him and Elizabeth Banks are, like, playing hide-and-go-seek, even though he's 12. Um, And she, like, kind of freaks out on him for being in the barn, because he's not supposed to be out there for reasons.
0: Yeah, just random fucking reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some shots around here about how he's like at school and he's really smart. There's a conversation that the teacher has with him or like a teacher calls on him in class. Like, tell me the difference between bees and wasps. And so he's like, wasps are predators. Let me tell you every single thing I know about wasps, including the fact that they like to drop their young off with other animals to raise them. And then the wasps eat them like from the inside out. And it's like, So-so. oh, that's not foreshadowing at all.
1: No, it's so chill and so normal.
0: And then, like, (laughs) someone makes fun of him for knowing so much. And, like, a girl in front of him, Caitlin, turns around. She's like, it's okay. Like, smart guys always do better in life anyway. And he's like, heart eye emoji. I am obsessed with you. Yeah, that's Um, actually a pretty accurate description of his
1: response. And so then we get back to him at home. And we find the reason that his parents don't want him in the barn um, because he, like, sleepwalks out to the barn to this locked door with,
0: ha- like, so the ship, I guess they kept the ship, right? Yeah, but that technically they found this him. is, like, the reveal at the end, but it's so fucking obvious. Yeah, I um, mean,
1: they shouldn't have even put the intro that they put, like, the forward, the, the, I can't talk tonight. The, like... It's earlier thing where they find him and they get him. I don't even think they should have put that up front because it literally spoils the only twist in the movie, which is that he's an alien. Um, So this thing is like glowing. It's out in the barn. He like sleepwalks out to it and he's like banging his head against the door to the, um, to
0: the area where they're keeping the, uh, the shit. I thought he was just like pulling at the, uh, Oh, right. This time you're getting confused with hereditary. (laughs) Here
1: I am. <laughs> yeah. no. he's just like yanking at the chains and his mom like comes out and like gets him and like puts him back inside and, and you know, is a little bit freaked out by all this. And the next day he is supposed to be mowing the lawn and he can't start the lawnmower And so he pulls really hard on it and he
0: fucking he just launches just hucks
1: it like <laughs> super far. Yeah. And it, he like gets close to it and the blade is still going and he just like sticks his hand into the blade. I don't know that that's the best way to test whether or not you have superpowers, to be honest.
0: Well, I think before this, at some point, the dad, like, mentioned in passing in a conversation to the mom that, like, how he's never bled and has never, like, had a bruise. He's never been sick. How it's just, like, he's been weirdly healthy his entire life. Yeah. So Uh, maybe he just doesn't even consider that that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, And then... Uh, Brandon is. I think this was actually on Brandon's twelfth birthday that all that like yeah. night happens. Uh, like the night that he is turning twelve. So the night of his birthday itself, he goes out to dinner um with his parents and his aunt and uncle. Yeah, his uncle
1: Noah and merrily is his mom's sister, I believe. Um, yes, and they give him a hunting rifle for his twelve 12- his twelfth birthday, even though like. Kyle is like, I don't want him to have a gun, as we previously mentioned,
0: which is this like also feels out of character yeah. for him. Like, based on what we know about this character, I'm very surprised he didn't want his son to have a I gun. I kind
1: of am, too, because they definitely go hunting together. But I can see him being like, you can use my gun when we go hunting, but you can't have your own gun or something like that. But I also think it's very shitty of Noah and Marilee to know that they don't want their son to have a gun and still and be like, it anyway. oh, definitely but I'm going to give it to you in public. And you like, I don't know. But Brandon freaks out when his dad says he can't have the gun.
0: Yeah, he throws, like, a temper tantrum.
1: Yeah. Um, And they've been, like, talking about how intelligent he is. So he's like, well, I can, you know, why can't I have it? I want to have it. Like, I'm, I, you know, he's just being, like, a little nightmare 12-year-old. And so Kyle and Tori basically, like, drag him out of the restaurant.
0: And the next morning... um, Kyle's just kind of like staring off into space while eating breakfast and ends up chewing on his spoon and like mangles the fork so it gets all like weird and twisty and shit.
1: Yeah. And, and Kyle, Kyle like, something's like, up with this kid. Yeah. Kyle like sees him because they're getting ready to go on a camping trip, I think. Um and he like he he like stops and like makes him take the fork out of his mouth and the tines are just all fucked up. Like he is he's chomping away at it. Um and so I think Tori goes upstairs to get his jacket for the trip because it's supposed yes. to be cold. And they find a pile of, like, cutouts underneath his mattress.
0: Um, and it it seems normal.
1: Yeah, it's just, like, lingerie, swimsuit models, stuff like that. Like, Victoria's Secret cutouts.
0: But then it starts getting into, like, weird, like, anatomy shots and, like, pictures of surgery happening and, like, the inside of people. And yeah, it gets yeah. weird. And they're like, this is fucked up. <laughs> Which
1: um this is part of my firm belief that if you find a pile of pictures underneath your twelve year old son's mattress, just leave those alone. Just leave them there.
0: You know, I'm gonna go off on a like on a limb here. Is it off on a limb? Is it off on a ledge? Is it off on a, what am I getting off on? A tangent out on a limb? I don't know. I don't know. I don't limb. I want to say off. I'm so, I'm going out on a limb here. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, their response was actually pretty appropriate. That's true. Others I just don't than think the fact that they waited until he was 12 years old to have any kind of talk about sex in any way, shape, or form and then kind of butcher it
1: yeah he does a bad job so they all go camping and Kyle is like shooting with Brandon they're trying to shoot like at a deer and they give him like the weirdest talk Brandon's like so you're gonna start thinking about girls a lot and it's normal like I used to think about girls a lot and you know it's normal if you just sometimes like
0: uh want to touch it or play with it and Brandon's like like, play with what? It's like your penis
1: (laughs) and Brandon's like oh like right now and he's like no not no what
0: no not right now <laughs> um we started having like sex ed talks in school and stuff like that when I was like 10
1: yeah we had like a fifth grade like we all had to watch yep, a video fifth grade. and then we had to watch the opposite video and it was like a whole thing
0: fourth grade we had like the girl version which was like you guys are all gonna get your periods and bleed once a month for the rest of your lives and it's gonna suck until it eventually stops when it stops it will also suck and then the year after it's like also let's talk about sex the point being that the fact that this 12 year old kid and I don't really know what Kansas's sex ed classes are like they might not be the best I know in some parts of the country they have really bad sex education but I was just like surprised I guess
1: yeah but I guess it's also like an indication that he is not using those magazine articles for any sort of sexual reason he's just like curious about what the inside of human bodies looks like
0: well except then after this conversation Brandon goes and starts stalking the girl that he kind of has a crush on Caitlin yeah so he can fly now and he goes
1: to her room and hides like in her curtains and like turns
0: on a video or like a song on it's a computer. song on like basically her spotify where her computer's open and she's in bed and she wakes up because the music starts playing and then she goes over and shuts the computer and gets back into bed and she's freaked out and then it starts it again because he again. also has super speed like so fast he can't be seen by the human eye and, and so she, gets freaked she out.
1: yeah she like calls her she sees him like in the curtains and like freaks out and calls her mom and is like he's in my room he's in my room and she's like what are you talking about he's gone now like that's not possible um but she is like she knows
0: it's him and she knows there's something wrong with him and uh he goes home or he goes back to the camping site and he's like i just was peeing when his like parents wake up and realize he's not there
1: yeah. And then they get home and things don't get more normal from there. Like, Kyle wakes up in the middle of the night and goes outside to the chicken coop because they live on a farm. And the chickens are just like freaking out. And he thinks it's a fox, but it's Brandon well, he's doing, who's just like, standing work there. next to it when he hears it. It's yeah. not like in the middle of the night. It's like, it's no, it's like the late, it's like 10, I think he says it's like 10 or 10 30. But like, it's yeah. later than Brandon should be up. And the chickens are like freaking out about him. Um, yeah. And then he goes out later, and all of the chickens are, like, ripped in half, and
0: the door has been ripped off of its hinges. And Kyle's, like, 100% convinced it's Brandon. And Tori is like, no, it was a wolf. We've dealt with wolf attacks in the past. And
1: uh, Kyle's like, oh, a a wolf can't rip the door off of its hinges. And Tori's like, you think our 12-year-old can rip the door off of its hinges? Which...
0: Is a good point at this point in the story. I was going to say, at this point, they have no evidence of anything to the contrary. Like, the dad is just hopping on this theory because he hates his son, and, like, it's just weird shit. Yeah, again, I would love to see if he was, like, super paranoid
1: because he's sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop because they adopted a random alien baby and now he has, like, pictures of vivisected human bodies under his mattress. Like, I would love to see him be like, shit, 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 why did we do this? But you don't really see that. It just seems like he doesn't like this kid.
0: Yeah. Uh, exactly. So the next day um, in the kids pe class uh they're doing this thing where like a kid stands in the center of a circle and all the kids like push him to like make sure the kid doesn't fall and they do it with one kid and then it's brandon's turn and while brandon's doing it at some point he falls towards caitlin's general direction she gets out of the way and says like ew and yeah she calls him a
1: pervert and when he falls over because she she won't help him up and the teacher's like you have to help him up she's like no i'm not going to help him he's a pervert And he gets pissed off because, like, now he's being called out in front of all of his classmates. And so she, like, like, eventually the teacher's like, you can either help him up or you can fail the class. And so she reaches in and help him up and he squeezes her hand until all of, like, the hand, like, the bones in her hands break.
0: Yep. There's a whole big meeting of the parents where they come in. He's suspended from school. Yeah. Um, And it's very weird because,
1: like, rather than being like, I'm so sorry that my son hurt your daughter. I don't know what's going on with him. We're going to take him to therapy. We're going to see what's up. Tori says, well, he said he was sorry in, like, the bitchiest tone.
0: Like, this woman is attacking
1: her son. Like,
0: I feel like there's a better response. Like, ugh.
1: Just take some responsibility for your kid. Like I know you think he's your perfect angel, but like he broke a girl's hand, so maybe he's not, or maybe something's happening with him, and you need to like look into that. And I know that like he does go to counseling, but I don't know. And then the counselor is his aunt, and Marilee is the school counselor, which is which also, is also doesn't weird. Seem like a good idea. So uh, yeah. So after all of this, he. The, the ship like starts back up again and he is sort of drawn back out to the garage or to the, the barn. And this time he actually breaks the lock and he gets into the room. Um, and he's like levitating above the cellar door. Cause it's like down below and he's like floating above it. And Tori finds him out there. Um, and he's like chanting something. Cause the ship is like chanting something. Yeah. It's this weird
0: chanting thing in like a different language. And, uh, she interrupts him and he falls. And he cuts himself on the spaceship, which has never happened before. No, it, things from a home planet has never hurt like a superhero before. Huh. Oh, sorry. I you, thought you meant like, that's <laughs> never been a plot device that's been used. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, he's literally never been cut, but it's yes, literally no. also his kryptonite. So, oh, God, <laughs> I am a mess. I am sorry to everyone who is listening.
1: That's all right.
0: So I think there were all kind like- of messes. Yeah,
1: Tori's like, okay, it's time to tell him the truth. Like, here's what's happening. You're from another planet. We found you in a ship in the woods, and Brandon is mad. Um, and also he finally understands what the ship was saying, which was take the world, which is like a weird, like it's just weird, and I don't know. And yeah, he super gets weird. Heat vision because he's so mad. And, and then he decides that he's going
0: to go uh, visit the girl he likes, Caitlyn. And mm-hmm. he takes her flowers and she's freaked out. And it talks about how like, my mom doesn't want me to talk to you and all that. Also, she doesn't want to talk to him. It is not just no. her mom. No, and he's like, don't worry, I'm going to fix it. Like she's I'll like, take what? care of no, it. No, don't
1: do that. Um, But then we see Erica at the diner where she works. Erica is Caitlyn's mom. She's at the diner where she works. And all of a sudden, like,
0: The TVs start messing. Like, there's a weird electricity thing that Brandon does when he gets angry. That's kind of cool.
1: And, like, all of the windows frost up. Or maybe steam up. I'm not 100% sure. And there's, like, this weird, like, two bees drawn back to back um, that he has been doodling on stuff for Brandon Breyer. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: And that's all over the place. Also for
0: Brightburn.
1: Also for Brightburn. Uh, (laughs) And basically, she, like, he shatters a window in front of her so like she gets a shard of glass in her Uh, eyeball i think
0: that they're the lights up above her as she's cleaning because she looks up as they shatter and yeah a a piece falls directly into her eye and it's pretty gross and you get like close-up shots man they They do that a lot in this where it's like oh let's just instead of actually adding tension to the movie let's just add gross shots yeah like i can get into a gore movie that's fine but like
1: it just felt out of place.
0: It felt like, like, yeah, it
1: was there to make up for something else.
0: It, it, yeah. It just, I I don't mind the gore. I'm cool with gore. I like gory movies. I just don't like it when it's like an otherwise, like, just like PG-13 evil superhero movie. They're like, how do we make this edgy? Yeah. That's kind of how it felt to me. Yeah. Like, square peg round hole. But he tracks her down.
1: He finds her in the diner, and um, she goes missing. So we don't really find out what happens to her. But the police investigate. They find the symbol, and they're like, "This is fucked up." Um, yep. And then the next day at school, Brandon has to meet with Mary his aunt, and he's like, "She's We're, basically you didn't like, really
0: talk about anything."
1: Yeah, and she's like, "You have to tell me how you're doing because I have to tell the police because you broke someone's hand."
0: he's like, you can't talk to this sheriff. Like, you shouldn't do that. You can't do that. That'd be bad for you. And she's like, well, it's my job, so I have to. Yeah, Sorry. Marilee and Caitlin <laughs> are the two best characters in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, they are. They're both great. They take no shit. So that night, uh, Brandon doesn't go home after this meeting like he's supposed to. Instead, he decides to follow Marilee to her house. And he, like, knocks on the door, and she's like, why are you here? And he's like, says something about how, like, she shouldn't talk to the sheriff again. She's like, go home. Like, you are not supposed to be here. I'm going to bed. And And he goes,
1: I guess I'll just walk home. And she's like, okay, and closes the door on him, which I loved. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can tell that he's trying to be like, will you
0: give me a ride? And she's like, nope, see you never, goodbye. (laughs) Like I said, she's, like, one of my favorite characters in this movie. She's great. And he, like, starts, like, flying around the house and fucking with the, uh, security system that she has so there's like this thing it'll be like motion detected in the backyard and the motion sensor lights will turn on and stuff then he comes inside the house and is like hanging out
1: yeah he like hides in a closet basically and her husband eventually gets home like he'd been out at the bar with kyle and some friends and he's like they're drinking together had a couple drinks he's like maybe she probably should not have driven home um and he finds Brandon in the closet, like with a mask on. And Brandon, he's like, What are you doing here? Brandon's like, Oh, Aunt Marilee was helping me with my homework. And he's like, No, why are you in my closet wearing a mask right now? Yeah, like a Also
0: creepy, a great homemade homemade question.
1: <laughs> and he doesn't really have an answer. And Brandon like freaks out because he's like, Don't tell my parents about this. And and Noah's like, Yeah, duh, I'm gonna tell your parents about this. This is very upsetting behavior. And so he like loses it. And, like, chucks Noah, like, shoves him super far. And so Noah's like, what the fuck? And so he tries to
0: get away in his truck. But... Yeah, Brandon goes after him. And he ends up picking up the entire truck. And then, like, with the front of the car pointing down towards the road, drops it. and and it hits uh, so
1: hard that noah's like mouth wraps around the steering wheel basically and it splits his jaw open
0: and this is another one of those where it's like cool visuals and like but it <sighs> yeah i think uh to go back to my previous uh reference to logan is like a movie that does um a really violent gritty superhero movie like well and that felt like natural and made sense for the moment this just yeah. seems like it's almost funny gore where he's like start trying to hold his like jaw back in place
1: it's like too much yeah it, it's, it's like a little over the over top, the top to the point feels, where it's hard to take it seriously yeah it only feels r rated when it's being gory it doesn't feel r rated in any of the other things that are happening it feels like you said like they're just shoving it in there to try to get an r rating
0: yeah um, but they uh or brandon takes some of the blood and drawing his little like double b uh symbol but the police actually decide that or they basically decide that it's a uh that he swerved because he was worried about hitting a deer and he was driving home drunk and that it was an accident yeah um but he goes home and he doesn't have a shirt
1: on and like his parents are freaking out like his mom is just calling merrily over and over and over gonna be like do you know where he is like he's not answering me i don't know what's going on and he's like oh yeah some kids like ripped my shirt they were beating me up when we were trying to play soccer like he won't pretty obvious like he's lying yeah he goes upstairs and they're both like that's bullshit right yeah that's bullshit um and then they get a call from merrily and so they go to the hospital and they find out about Noah but they also found out Merilee is like did he get home safe she's like yeah thanks like I was so worried he goes she goes well that's good when he left my place like I was a little worried because it was dark out and I didn't hear like something like that that's like they didn't know that he had been at her place and so
0: they're kind of like oh uh oh that's weird um and the next morning uh yeah Tori and Kyle tell Brandon about the fact that Kyle died overnight and Brandon just like doesn't react whatsoever no
1: they said a couple of times they're like noah's like he's gone he's like dead and he's like okay i feel like you want it's me like, to do cry. you want me to cry yeah which is creepy and it pisses kyle off kyle gets so mad kyle is like you did it you
0: killed him <laughs> again really coming out of the gate super hot <laughs> like and it's not like we ever got to see oh. him as actually like a loving parent
1: no no not at all um and so brandon like shoves him into like a shelf in the wall and like shatters like this glass and really just like he's way too strong for a kid basically so that kind of reinforces yeah. kyle's belief that something's wrong with brandon and then he finds the shirt in brandon's room that's covered in blood and shows it to tori and she's like no no he didn't do it like there's no way he killed Noah. it definitely didn't happen
0: so then Kyle's big plan is he's like, I'm going to go hunting with Brandon. And he says it in a, to Tori in a way like he's having some problems. Like, I'm going to go out and like bond with him and like reconnect to him like father and son. Um, I don't not know actually that she believes plan. him.
1: I can't I, tell if she believes I him. thought I think that she she sort did. of does. I think she wants to, but I also think she kind of knows that that's not I what it is. I don't think that she expects what happens
0: on that camping trip to happen. No, but okay. If like the
1: whole, like if a defining feature of your son is that he cannot be injured, why would
0: shooting him in the head work? I don't know. And that's what Kyle tries to do on this hunting trip. This was such a bad idea. Yeah. And it seems like they're, actually going to like bond like they're talking like it seemed like a really nice moment and then kyle fucking ruins it by letting brandon go ahead and kyle shoots brandon in the back of the head
1: yeah and then obviously brandon like kills him with his laser eyes immediately (laughs) because it didn't hurt him at all so while all this is happening um the town sheriff has kind of realized that, like, maybe Brandon Briard is the guy who is doing the double B thing at all
0: of these crime scenes. Which, to okay. It's a weird thing for a random fucking cop to be like, oh, there's this symbol drawn where this lady went missing and also at the scene of this car accident. I wonder if it's this 12-year-old boy. Yeah, and like, I get that he'd just
1: broken somebody's hand, so they kind of like, I guess he was sort of on their radar. And it's a small town, but like, I don't know. It just also, doesn't feel
0: believable. No, but I mean, the woman
1: who goes missing is like the mother of the girl that he harassed or that he hurt. So I don't know. It, but it does seem like a weird stretch. I guess you kind of got to follow up on all the leads, but I don't know.
0: He goes he to the basically house. basically says he thinks it's the 12 year old boy who did this. Yeah, and he goes Tori to the, the house. Like, in... No.
1: Even though she's seen the drawing. She's seen him do this B thing before. She's super aware of it.
0: Yeah. As soon as the sheriff leaves, she, like, runs up to Brandon's room and, like, goes to the notebooks and finds that same symbol, like, written everywhere. And then also finds, like, 12-year-old illustrated drawings of those violent scenes happening.
1: Yeah. And a bunch of stuff about taking the world. And she's like, oh, no. Kyle's super right. And he's in the woods with our incredibly dangerous son. Yeah. And so she tries to call him, but Brandon picks up and he's like, Kai, dad is gone. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you first know what I
0: mean. she starts off. And this is again, a stupid move where the, he answers the phone, but he's just quiet. And she's like, oh my God, Kyle, you're right. You're right. It was Brandon. Brandon did do all those crimes. I can't believe I didn't believe you. And then it's just Brandon.
1: Which like, don't just, why would your husband just pick up and say nothing?
0: Exactly. Also like, if I call someone and they answer the phone, I don't immediately start talking. I'm just like, hello, or like, hi, or something. Because, like, sometimes we're weird connection things. You usually do just, just start yelling into the phone. Usually. Yeah, no. Unless um, you're in a movie.
1: Unless you are in a movie. And so she freaks out, and she's like, oh, this is really bad. Brandon comes home. He is wrecking the house. She calls the police back, and it, it doesn't work out well because Brandon just, like, Horribly murders, yeah, everybody. Uh,
0: Like, just horrible, very quick scenes. Everyone dies pretty quickly, yeah. And then, Um, but he's like flying through the house, like creating holes in it and stuff like that, yeah.
1: And Tori's like, okay, the one thing that can hurt him is a ship, so I have to get out to the ship. So she runs out to the barn. And she goes down to the cellar, and that is when we find out what happened to Erica's body, because it Yeah, is... she's, like, pinned up against a wall with a giant hole in her stomach, like and she's Yeah, naked. she's, like, vivisected, basically. And there are the wall, like, the symbol all over the place in blood.
0: Yep. But she rips the small part off of the
1: ship. Yeah. And then she, like, Brandon catches up to her, and he's, she's like... I know that you're still good. I believe in you. I love you. You're always my son. And he goes, "I want to do good, mama." And she hugs him and then she like
0: tries to stab him. And he figures it out because he's not dumb. Yeah. And he stops her. And so she like he flies up with her.
1: Yeah, like way the fuck up and then drops her. Yeah, from like thousands of feet
0: up cuz there's then an surprised- airplane surprise yeah an airplane uh pops up behind him and then we get to the next day yeah it goes dark and turns out there's a big airplane crash and oh no it killed both of his parents oh weird how strange
1: i know brandon's the only one who survived and now he's out in the world and then we see some like oh god this is the most frustrating part they put all of his juicy super villain stuff in the end credits
0: I know, he like goes off and becomes like a full on supervillain and attacks the world. And my favorite part is that in these end credits there's like a scene that has like this guy who seems like he has a YouTube show, like and he's talking about all these super beings taking over the world, and there's like a man who's underwater and he like controls sea creatures, and there's a woman with a rope, and it's clearly just supposed to be like the Justice League. Well, and it's really the guy, funny.
1: The underwater guy is supposed to be Rain Wilson's character from Super, apparently.
0: Oh, I thought it was just supposed to be
1: Aquaman. No, and then they're talking about the the witch who strangles people. I think is supposed to I, in one of the interviews that I read with um the director, that was supposed to be like laying the groundwork for a sequel featuring Caitlin as like a supervillainess as well. Oh, that
0: would be super like, cool. Like she
1: gets like a replacement arm for her fucked up arm and then becomes oh. like super powerful, which is cool. I love that. But it just felt like a really obvious like We will make another movie if you guys want. (laughs) Here are some other movies we could make, kind of moment.
0: Okay. Well, having no context, it just seemed like an Aquaman and a Wonder Woman thing because it's like, oh, a lasso and a guy who talks to sea creatures. The whole ending was so weird because
1: it's just like very quickly, like, oh, there's a mysterious figure over Brightburn, Kansas. Oh, now this guy that we're calling Brightburn is attacking people here in this other place. And it's just like, I don't know. I felt like I waited. So long during that movie to see something I wasn't expecting and it just never happened, and then like all of the crazy shit happens over the end credits. It's like, huh. I, I think
0: know. it would have been hard to involve that in the movie itself. I think they shouldn't have done it. I just don't think they should have included any of those scenes. I thought that was like fun. I actually kind of liked yeah. the ending like that because I thought I mean, it was like a no. nice, like, credit sequence about like, look at all the bad shit that's happening, like, not a what is he going to do? It's like, oh, here's what he does. And it goes fucking insane. And that it's was kind of too jokey sort of to me. See, Almost, like <sighs> it did feel jokey and I kind of liked it. Like it, it was one of the totally only moments the movie I actually liked this movie yeah. had no tone. It wasn't, it I would it was argue it wasn't totally different because there was no tone in the movie. <laughs> it wasn't consistent at all. Like sometimes it was supposed to be like super dark and gritty. And other times it was like goofy gore. And I don't know. I think the last, like, the credits, I think, might have been my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, if that honestly. was the tone the entire
1: time, it would have been That fun. would have been better. It would have been, I think by that point, I was just like, this movie's a mess. And now they're doing, like, this different thing. Like, what is happening here? I was just, like, kind of done with this movie by the end of it, honestly.
0: Yeah. I... It had really good ideas.
1: It did. And that's the frustrating part. And, like... Uh... And, like, reading the interviews, like, I get why he wanted to do this. But I just don't feel like it. I just
0: think it needed several more. It needed more rounds of edits. It needed yeah. more work. Like the if they had been, needed like, more work, if they just asked the question like why a bunch more like. And also done a lot more like show not tell and honestly added like 20 to 30 minutes to this movie probably of like, I would have loved to see him being a good kid. I would have loved to see some internal conflict that like, I'm a good kid and I want to do good.
1: Or even like, like if the whole beginning, if it hadn't just been like, oh, I'm mad because my mom told me I'm an alien. And so now I'm going to destroy the world. If it had been more of a reveal or like, okay, when he crushes the girl's hand, right? if that had been like him standing up to that kid who bullies him all the time and then accidentally seriously hurting that bully because he didn't realize that he was going to be that strong or something like that, instead of that weird, that scene. And then like the, um, uh, lawnmower scene. Like, I just feel like there is a better way where you can get across the point that like, this is a kid with powers that he's not expecting to have. And it changes who he is as a person. It's just everything he did in the entire movie made him seem like
0: a dick. Yeah, and like I just feel like there's so many other ways to do it. He didn't have any redeeming qualities. Elizabeth Banks' personality was that she was a mom. Yeah, And believed in her son.
1: She had uh, blue
0: hair in the flashback scene, so you know she was fun. But what's really for... funny is there, like, one or two scenes where she still had a tiny bit of purple in her hair? As a, like <laughs> Doesn't not... wash out that fast. Nope. It, it was more like it had just overly toned certain parts of her hair. It was really funny. Um, yeah. And then, like, David Denman's whole personality was, I don't actually like my kid. And it's like, no one yeah. had... The, the actual characters that were like believable to me were like the school counselor and Caitlin I understood those two because it's like the counselor was like I need to do my job you're my family I want to be there for you but I also like need to take care of myself and I'm not like that seemed very believable and made sense and I understood her motivations Caitlin yeah. was a 12 year old who like kind of liked this kid and then he started stalking her and hurt her and obviously she doesn't like him anymore and she's scared of him Right. And, like, and even, like, Noah,
1: like, when the scene where he came home and Brendan tried to be like, oh, no, she was helping me with homework. And he was like, but, okay, but why are you in my closet? She's asleep. Why are you in the closet with a mask on? Like, every side character, like, saw through the bullshit and was like, this kid, what is, why is this happening? And his parents were just, like, not doing it right. Yeah, I just, I found myself just, like, thinking of better movies the entire time i just thought about like how this movie could have been better um yeah i mean i thought a lot about like this movie is similar in concept like we talked about earlier to the omen right like the parents adopt a child yes turns out the child is not human as it gets older bad shit goes down and then the father tries to kill the son but the father is killed instead right very similar plot wise but there's a reason that the omen is a classic and this movie is not going to be a classic like yeah yeah You get that sense from Damien that, like, he could just be a normal creepy kid, he could be evil, and until, like, some later stuff, you don't really know which one it is. Like, in the earlier points, you don't really know, but they do the adoption reveal really well. Like you know that he's adopted the entire time, obviously,
0: but you don't know like where he came from, right? And if something think like just... that happened, that could have been interesting. And I don't, I think they wanted this just to be a superhero story. Like they wanted us to know the entire time. That just didn't. add No, to it kind it. of like you just know what's going to happen the whole time
1: because also it's a rewrite of Spy- of um of Superman, mm-hmm. but everyone knows the concept of Superman. So like if you tell us right from the jump, this is a story that is opposite superman we're gonna know exactly what to expect the entire time like he has all the same powers as superman he has basically the same weakness as superman so like it never felt like a surprise because everyone in america and everyone in the world knows everything about superman because he's been a huge part of culture for like
0: almost 100 years so (laughs) and like we still have superman movies and they can still do well and be interesting even though
1: his... Yeah, but if your whole plot is like, like you have to put Superman into new situations or like take situations from the comic books and like do them really well on the screen, like it's not interesting just to see Superman develop his powers. And it's also not that interesting just to watch opposite Superman develop his powers because everybody knows what they are.
0: Yeah, I was thinking like Spider Man, right? Spider Man is also another one of those where it's like everyone knows the origin story. But if you watch the Tobey Maguire, um, first spider-man movie it's interesting because you have some conflict you have him like trying to do good but kind of messing some stuff up and his uncle dies because of the bad decisions that he made and like even though you know the story and you know it's going to happen it's still interesting this one like we knew what was going to happen we knew the general idea of the story but they could have give us some conflict there's no conflict yeah. in this movie. like let him try to be a good kid because he says at the end i want to do good but he doesn't when it so we never saw him ever no. try and be good. We saw him smart once, but we never saw him like do a good thing.
1: Right, and if you saw him like try to do good and fail, and then interpret that as well, it doesn't matter anyway because I'm a super, I'm a wasp, and you guys are all bees. So go fuck yourselves. I don't care. Like that would be interesting, and that's basically what happens
0: in Chronicle, and that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Chronicle since like it came out. Yeah, it's but really I really liked it. As well.
1: Yeah, because you see, like, you see these people who care about this kid, right? Like, his friends care about him. His friends want to help him, but they also at a certain point realize that they have to stop him. But then also they have superpowers, so it's not like these unpowered parents trying to stop their superpower. kid. Like, it's just, I don't know.
0: It's done better. You know their of I wanted to group, see to the love the of the parent overcome the evilness inside of him. And then even if, like, how it ended, it ended I just wanted to see that, like, temptation of him yeah. going back to good.
1: Even if, yeah, even if it had been like his mom almost gets through to him and then like he something ends up happens, he hurts in. her by accident or he kills her by accident and then he goes off the deep. Like, I don't know, something better than just what I expected to happen the entire movie. Yeah. I also thought a lot about uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin. I haven't seen that one. Which I think I talked about it. I might have talked about it. I don't know if it was when you and I were just talking before. It was this, just sir, when you and I were was... talking. Okay. Um, it's a really good movie. It's an even better book, in my opinion. But it's a really good movie. It's got John C. Riley, uh, Tilda Swinton as the main character, and uh, Ezra Miller as her son. Oh, Perfect casting. That's they look good exactly cast. like. Yeah. yeah, It's great, but it's about a the mother of a school shooter, um, talking about basically his life growing up, and he is essentially terrible from the very beginning. Like he's awful for his entire life. But one of the major like elements of the story is she never liked him. Like even when he was a baby, she felt uncomfortable around him. And she has a second kid later who she really does like. And so she feels guilty about it. And especially after he like kills several people, she starts to wonder like, did I do this by not loving him? Like, did I make him bad by not loving him enough? Or did I know that he was bad the entire time? And that's why I didn't love him. Or was it a cycle where he was bad and I didn't love him and he got worse? That is the kind of thing I would love to see out of Brandon's mom in this movie. Yeah, Where, like, or, is or Brandon's he... dad,
0: because that also seems like that's his relationship to Brandon. Yeah, and if, like the reason why Brandon was evil—like—is it because of this like other world calling to him, or is it because his dad is like a major dick?
1: Yeah, and like, how do you like? She clearly really does love her son the entire time, but you never get to see that element of her trying to figure out like, well, how do you? how do you handle a child who's from outer space? Like, when do you have to be worried about his actions? Like, I feel like you would just constantly be waiting for the other shoe to drop for like something bad to happen. And again, you do see that with the dad. You even like, I like his dream sequence where we, I don't think we even mentioned it in our um, summary because it's super minor, but there's a dream sequence where he flashes back to when they found um, Brandon and in the dream, like, she's holding the baby and it's dripping blood. And then she starts like gushing blood out of her eyes and her mouth. So you get the sense that he feels like she has been destroyed by this too, which is interesting because you like sort of get the sense a little tiny bit that's not explored, that he loves her and he is afraid for what is going to happen to her because he knows how much she loves their son and knows that their son is dangerous, which is interesting. And they barely do anything with it except for that scene
0: oh, uh, just stop showing us, like, way too much gore and instead show us, like... Yeah, maybe that's, what? like, five minutes of that
1: guy trying to put his jaw back on. I just want it, to, to know so who the characters long. are.
0: <laughs> and it's, like... Or just add to it. It could have been a longer movie. It was only an hour and a half. And I feel like if they just added backstory, if they'd added character development, if they'd made the characters, like, made us care about the characters a little bit more, this would have been such a good movie. It was yeah. so close to being good. And it just... Ugh. And there's well, this then. quote from Slashfilm.com. There's this article with
1: Yarovesky where he says, I've always been attracted to villains and stories about people who want to do good but end up doing bad. I just written a spec that was super I had just written a spec that was a super villain origin story. So these were the kind of ideas that were um already percolating and fresh in my mind. So I was really hungry to tell a story like this, which is like why didn't you then like why didn't you make this a story about a kid who wants to be good and ends up being bad because that's not what this movie is
0: (laughs) something i actually liked from that article because i read that one too was the idea that um how many people in horror have also done superhero movies that is very true and there's just so much overlap between the two genres which is really interesting because i mean That article actually goes on to talk about, um, I think it's the director who says that, like, that Batman from the perspective of a criminal is really scary. And how it's like, if you filmed a Batman movie from the perspective of the people who are being hunted, like, that could be a horror movie. And I was like, that's so interesting. I love that concept. Right. And... The idea of like these superhumans, like if you show it from their perspective, like if we watch the Conjuring from the perspective of the ghosts, it'd probably seem kind of like a superhero movie if the villains were the uh yeah, it's like when you see the um, house like the others. yeah, I from, was just thinking about that from the
1: perspective of the ghosts, it's great. Um, it's so good. Yeah, and he also talks about, like, can you shoot a superhero the way that, like, John Carpenter would shoot Michael Myers? Oh, I love that quote, Which is yeah. what they do, and and they even talk about how, like, visually his costume is kind of similar to, like, um, Jason Voorhees', like, second movie costume when he has, like, the sack hood instead of the um, mask.
0: Oh, like, yeah.
1: That is true, and I think in a lot of ways you can compare a slasher villain to a supervillain because you know, they're super strong. They're, um, very fast. They don't really follow the laws of normal physics and stuff like that. But the villain isn't a member of the final girl's family, right? I mean, technically in the second Halloween movie, Michael Myers is Lori's biological brother, but they reckon all that. that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But even, even in that case, they don't live together. They don't have an existing relationship. She's not raising him. She never has to figure out like whether she should try to save him or kill him. She just wants to either kill him or escape from him. Like That's the whole thing. And there doesn't need to be nuance in the final girl slasher relationship. There's never really any nuance to that. There are some weird, sometimes sexual undertones, usually on the slasher villains part towards her. There's obsession. There's all that stuff, but it's not conflicted really she never feels like she wants to kill him the whole time and he wants to kill her the whole time it never feels like one of them wants to save the other and i think when you have a creepy child as the supervillain, big bad you need to have nuance there and there just isn't really in this movie
0: yeah because if you think about all the other like (laughs) movies with evil children like there's a lot of like the parent wanting to save them which is normal you know But also, like, there's a character within the child usually that deserves to be saved, I guess. I don't know. Like, Reagan, for example, like, had a good thing and was taken over. Yeah. This just all feels so surface level, you know? It does. I think that's what it is. It's just... And I can't
1: even really... I can't get mad at Yaravesky because he didn't write this. The Gun brothers did. And I know that they work closely together, but, like, I didn't mind the direction honestly
0: I thought that no, it was visually well this was done. stunning like honestly like the idea of like shooting the uh shooting Brandon like Michael Myers like that was done so well and there were a lot of creepy looking shots like visually this movie looked so cool and yeah, the idea all the and the direction good overall like it had everything that a good movie needs to have
1: it's just that story did not work the way that it was yeah. supposed to. It just wasn't done yet. And that's really frustrating.
0: But anyway, Mags, what are we going to do next time? Uh, next time we are going to watch Cube. We are. I'm really excited for this one, actually. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's interesting. It's weird. I've never seen it, so I'm excited. Ooh, I haven't seen it since, like, 2010, I think was the last time I watched it. Um, and it is a weird 90s movie i felt like we deserved to go back to the 90s it's been a while yeah 90s horror is like a happy little little pocket of often horrible but also often and this fun. isn't like <laughs> great it's kind of weird but cool and different and it's about like a bunch of people who are like trapped in a weird qb jail system they don't really know what happened and it's it's kind of cool it's an interesting Sweet. i cannot concept. wait
1: I, I think it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it
0: But anyway, until then, friends, thank you for listening. Uh, Yes, please stay safe. safe. Stay healthy. Um, Take care of the people that you live with or the people that you know. Text your friends. I'm sure they miss you. If you're in a place that is opening back up, um, be careful. Just take care of yourself. Um, So stay safe, and we'll see you then. Take care. Bye. Bye.